Well, it's a joy to be with you here once again in your church in Calgary. It uh, was a couple of years ago when I had the privilege of being with you, and it's great to see you folks again in the Lord. Uh, some of the younger adults uh, would have seen you on our Connect group, and that uh, took a pause over the summertime, uh, but it's great to renew fellowship with you again, and I want to add my personal words of thanks to the congregation for the blessing that we have enjoyed this past week here in your church with your hospitality, the lunches that the ladies prepared each day for the ministers and elders uh, was a great blessing, and it facilitated our fellowship together downstairs. That was a great thing. And then the, the dinner on Tuesday night was also a great blessing. So I want to thank you all uh, from my heart for that. I bring you warm greetings from our church in Toronto. I was able to share on Tuesday night just a couple of comments, but I do want to say how much we remember you folks in our prayers. Thank you for your prayers for us and for the ministry that God has entrusted with us there in Toronto, both with the ministry of the congregation, the outreach times, and also our school and that is the largest ministry that we have, Whitfield Christian Schools. And uh, we appreciate very much the thoughtfulness and the prayers of God's people. I appreciate Reverend Backhurst and the invitation to bring the word this morning. And uh, I count that a great honor and a privilege. It's good to, to see you and many new faces in the congregation too from the last time I was here. And uh, that's a great blessing. It is good to be in the household of faith, and it's great to be in the family of our denomination where we are able to share things of the Word of God, the principles and doctrines and teachings that we hold so dearly in our conviction, and uh, to know that when you come here, whether it's to Calgary or to Vancouver or to Toronto or any of our centers where we do have churches, well, you're always welcome, and I trust you would always be assured of hearing the sound gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's an honor and a joy for me to be here today, and then a privilege also to be able to partake in the dedication service uh, for Hudson struck at the end of our service this morning. I ask you please to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15. John's Gospel, chapter 15, we're reading the first eight verses. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, 
except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Let's bow, please, for a word of prayer and just commit the word of God in our time now before him. Heavenly Father, we continue in our service this morning with joy, thanksgiving, being able to sing praises unto thy great and holy name, being able to come, Lord, and hear the word of truth. And I pray now, Father, that this word that we have read now today would be opened to every believing heart and the truth of Scripture would be reinforced in our spirits. I pray, Lord, that we who know and testify of a, a living relationship with our Savior, that today we would grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, that, Father, we would be strengthened with might in the inner man. Yes, Lord. I pray, dear Father, that for those in our gathering or listening online who are without Christ, that you would come, blessed Holy Spirit, with power to their hearts. Bring that effectual call, speaking to the soul, and lead them to Christ Jesus today. And dear Father, give us the joy of pointing men and women to the Savior, the only answer to a soul bound in sin. Our Lord, we're so thankful for the day that grace touched our hearts and we were brought to lay hold upon the Lord Jesus as our own. And we are today born again of the Spirit of God. We are able to testify, I know the living Savior. And I pray that his joy and peace would be in our hearts. And that, Lord, in the midst of all trouble and all upset and disappointment, that we will come to feast again in the promises of our blessed Savior, and that they would be precious to us today. So hear our prayer. Undertake for us now, this morning. Lord, I need your help. I need the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that today you would come, Lord, and grant to me that gift and power to be able to communicate the word of life and truth directly so that no one would misunderstand, 
No one would misconstrue. But Lord, there would be encouragement and blessing and strength. Pour out your Spirit upon this congregation. Lord, bless this people today. And may we come to enjoy each other's fellowship in the gospel and have the word of truth written upon our hearts. Bless us now. We ask all this in our Savior's precious name. Amen. I want to share with you this morning on the subject of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the true vine, and what that means to be connected to the true vine, and to also admonish and encourage everyone here to ask the question, am I connected to the true vine? In John chapter 15, the Lord Jesus gives to us one of the final accounts and parables that is recorded in the Scripture. And the fascinating thing about the teaching of John 15 is that from John 13 to 17, these chapters of precious teaching of our Lord Jesus, they were given to his disciples and apostles in the upper room and in the Garden of Gethsemane in those hours before our Lord was arrested. One of the fascinating things is that the teaching from John 13 to 17, they are not included in any of the other Gospels. You might ask the question, why? As I have to the Lord too, because they are so important. Ah, but the Spirit who is the author of the Word, He has chosen to include them in John's testimony and Gospel. And my dear friends, how precious these words are to us. Because our Lord Jesus, who had just spoken in the previous chapter to his disciples, that they were not to be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because Christ is the ruling and reigning King. He is your Messiah and Savior. And your hope is vested in him for time and eternity. And so we can joy and rejoice that no matter what's going on in the world around us, no matter what trials and troubles will come, and those disciples were facing the greatest dilemma of their life, the Savior they had followed is going to be taken from them. And they did not understand the implications of all that. But our Lord was comforting them as he brings comfort to every heart following him today. Because, dear believer, Whatever trial you are facing, whatever trouble you're going through, sometimes you wonder, has the Lord removed himself from me? I cannot sense his presence. But the Lord says to us today, let not your heart be troubled. I am the true vine. And this parable that he gives to us in John 15 is another mighty expression of the humility and condescension of our God. Because the Lord Jesus, he likens himself to a plant, to a tree, in this case to a vine. And our Lord does that in the parable because he wants to communicate truth 
that you and I can understand in the most simple way and straightforward manner. And today, we can understand and grasp that picture of our Lord who is that vine. And from the vine flows all the nutrient, all the moisture, all the life that is necessary for the branches to be alive and for the branches to bear fruit. How precious is this humble illustration that our Lord Jesus gives to us today. And my dear friends, he declares himself as the true vine. And when our Lord Jesus said that to his disciples, he was making a great contrast. Because obviously, if Christ is the true vine, there are others that are false vines. There are others who would come forward and present themselves as being like the true vine, but they are imitations. And how the devil is so good at bringing to the forefront in the lives, in the minds of people, that which is close to the truth, but is not the truth. And how many people, by false religion, has the devil led down that road to believe it's okay with them in their heart? Everything is good. They believe by the religion of doing good works, of following a code of moral practices and standards, and they are set up before them as being self-righteous or okay in themselves. And it may not even be in the case of churches or religions, and the world is full of religions today that put forward a standard, a practice, an obligation. But friend, there's no life to be drawn from that vine. That is a dead vine. It's an imposter. It's like having a plastic plant instead of a real plant. The plastic one has no life in it at all. Christ is the true vine. And in light of that today, I would, I would ask you to consider deeply to be very sure, friend, that you have not been deceived or sidetracked by a false vine. And there are, I mean, I'm uh, talking outside even of religion and churches in the world. Well, we know how the world follows everything that is against God and against Christ, but they think they're all right. Humanism considers they have the answer. It's all found in the intellect of man. And I will, as Frank Sinatra sang many years ago, I've done it my way. And man looks at the world and life and says, I have done this my way. I will accomplish all I have put forward to accomplish. And who is anyone that will tell me I'm deficient in some area? No, they're following the truth as they think it. But it's a plastic vine. There's no life in it. But our Lord Jesus Christ, he comes to us today, my dear friends, and he presents himself as the true vine. Yes. He is the life-giving vine. Yes. And you know, we consider that today, that the Lord Jesus is the creator of all things. By him, the world came into being. 
We're told in John 1, by him all things consist. Life flows through him. This world does not operate and spin, and the galaxies and our, our whole universe does not operate just by itself. It is the power of Christ that enables this to function. If the Lord was to withdraw his hand from this universe, things would grind to a halt and all life would be over. Because in him is the fountain of life. He is the creator of all things and all life is sustained through him. In that sense, my dear friends, he is the true and the only vine. There is life only to be found in him in a physical sense. But when we extend that into the spiritual realm, there is life only to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says in this opening verse of John 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Now, we don't use that word husbandman anymore. He was the farmer. He is the vine keeper. He is the one who looks after the vineyard. And the Lord, who is the great husbandman, is the one who is anticipating, looking forward to, rejoicing in the fruit that will come from the branches that are alive in the vine. My dear friends, today, as the Lord was speaking this parable, and he goes to continue in somewhat a startling follow-up from that statement. He says in the second verse, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. I want you to think about that carefully for a moment. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. Now, we understand it's a parable. And so in a parable, we have to be careful how far we take the illustration in the parable. It is a story. So your question might come into your mind, how could a person be in Christ or in the vine, yet bearing no fruit and then be taken out of the vine? We must understand this as an illustration or picture of the visible church of Christ. Is it not true? that in the so-called professed church of Christianity, there are many people who say they are members, who say they are associates, who say they've been brought up in the church from infancy right through to adulthood, but there's no life in them. They are part of the body in one sense, but they are not part of the body in the invisible sense of what it means to be born again of the Spirit of God, to have a living relationship with the true vine, to be attached to him spiritually, vitally, and eternally. My dear friends, today, it's a very searching question for us all to ask, am I spiritually connected to Jesus Christ? Am I in the vine of the Lord with a living, 
spiritual, vital relationship? Am I drawing the life that I have spiritually from my Lord Jesus Christ? Is he my Lord and Savior? Do I love him? Do I know him? Sometimes people ask me, how do I know I'm a Christian? I, I feel sometimes the, the vacillation, the doubting, the uncertainty. And the devil's very good at that, isn't he? He comes and plants seeds of doubt in our minds and hearts, wondering, am I truly a born-again believer? Do I really, truly know Christ? Am I saved? And I often will bring people to the Word and say to them, you can answer this question within yourself relatively simply by saying, do I love the Lord Jesus in my heart? Can I say that I know him and I love him? Not when you're trying to give testimony or speak to somebody else or try to put on a front or a facade to someone else. No, no, when it's all silent, all quiet, you're alone, you and the Lord only. You say, Lord, you know in my heart that I love you. It's a little bit what, like what the Lord said to Peter when he asked him three times, do you love me, Peter? And Peter said at the end, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Peter knew in his heart that he belonged to Christ, though he had greatly failed him not long before that. And my dear friend, today, if you're not certain that you truly know Christ spiritually in your heart, I say to you, make your calling and your election sure. Be absolutely certain. And if you are uncertain about it, bring that matter to the Lord and say, Father, I want to know unmistakably that I am born of the Spirit that I belong to Christ and that my life is hid with Christ in God, that I am truly a child of the King. Because as the Savior presented this very, very serious objection right away, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And later on in the chapter, the Lord explains more fully what that means to be taken away. Friend, if you are not truly saved, coming to the day of your death, you will be gathered and cast into the fire and find yourself in a lost eternity. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Yeah. And so I encourage you to dig around the foundation of your own heart and life and be absolutely sure that you know Christ as Savior. And don't think for a moment that I'm just speaking this word to a congregation that I'm visiting in, in no way. For this is the same word that I exhort my own people in, in Toronto because it is the evangel message. It is the message of the gospel. It's the message of presenting the word of truth and hope and life to all. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the true vine, he says in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. So what does a farmer, a husbandman, what does a vine keeper look for when it comes to the time of harvest for the vines that have been planted? Of course, he looks for fruit. He looks for the fruit to have ripened and come to the full age of being useful for the farmer. What does our Heavenly Father look for in your life and in my life as we are alive in Jesus? He does not look, my dear friends, for strange fruit. He does not look for fruit that is going to be bitter and sour. He does not look for fruit that's going to be shriveled and of no value or use. He is looking for fruit that is going to be full. He's looking for fruit that's going to be abundant. It does beg the question, doesn't it? What happens when the Lord comes to look closely in our lives. What does he find? Does he find fruit that's wild fruit? What does that mean? The Lord speaks of that as he in the Old Testament gives that illustration of coming to his vineyard. When he was expecting fruit, he found wild fruit. He found fruit that was not going to be beneficial. It was fruit that was strange. It was fruit that was of the world, could we say? It's a sad thing, isn't it? Too often in our lives, we're influenced by the world around us. It's hard not to be. Christ said you're in the world, but not of the world. And in the course of our daily activities and business, intermingling with people in the workplace, in education, in the marketplace, it's hard to not, as you're rubbing shoulders, allow these things to come in and have their influence. We must always be guarding against that because the danger, my young Christian friend, my young sister and brother in Christ, the danger is the peer pressure, the things that are going on around you and the influences that are always coming, advertisements, TV, Internet, all of that stuff, much of it is junk, but how it can affect our minds how it can affect our thinking thought processes. And sometimes what it becomes and the, the, the hold it will take upon us is that the fruit we begin to develop is wild. It's not the fruit that the Lord wants to see in our life. You need to ask yourself that question as I do in my own heart. And say, Lord, what do you see in my life? Am I bringing glory to the Son of God? Am I exalting Him whom I love in my soul? Or has my time been wasted? Have I been investing in things that are no profit for eternity? We all ask ourselves those questions. And believer, sometimes what will take place is the Lord will come along to prune and to purge the vine to take from the branches those things that are not pleasing to him. And when the Lord comes to purge our lives 
And when he brings out those shears against us, it can hurt. It can be disappointing to us. The Lord can come along and trim off things in our life that he does not approve of. And we might look at them and say, that was not pleasant. That was hurtful. There was a rending, it seemed. There was a cutting away. Ah, but do we resist the Lord? Do we resist his sovereign purpose? Do Do we resist his oversight as the great husbandman of our life? Oh, friends, let us not resist his cutting away. Yes, it does hurt. Yes, there will be things of disappointment at times, but can we not praise him? I know in my own life, sometimes the Lord has had to take dealing with me very firmly, something that has been going on, something that I've been doing, and the Lord's had to cut that off. And I say, Lord, how come? Why? But as time has gone, I've been able to look back and reflect upon those things in my heart and say, thank you, Lord, for what you did. Thank you, Lord, for cutting away that thing that was going to hinder my fruit-bearing for the Savior. The Lord knows all things. Can we submit our lives into the hand of our sovereign, loving Father for all that he is doing in us is all for our good and for his glory ultimately. Can we trust Romans 8? All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. My dear friends, when those things take place in our lives, if we look at them in isolation, they will not make sense. If we look at the all things working together or the all things that are just working and we don't see them together, we will become confused, we will be disillusioned, we will become perhaps so discouraged that we wonder, can I keep going in the Christian life? But we dare not do that. We dare not look at the Lord's pruning and trimming in isolation. We must see it as part of our loving Heavenly Father's greater plan and purpose for us. He is at work in us. Brother and sister, he loves us so much, he will never do us any any harm. He is always working for our good. Have you lost something very dear to you? Have you lost perhaps a loved one? I know in our own congregation this last while and through COVID has been a particularly hard time for families where spouses have been taken away. One brother, whom I reference, his name is Mr. Dan Browett, a deacon in our congregation. Perhaps you've heard about the passing of his wife, Jennifer. She died back in March. Jennifer was a long-serving teacher in our school, 18 years. She'd been teaching mathematics and accounting, very instrumental in our work in the collegiate. We depended heavily upon her. But she was actually coming to retire in June of this year. 
And her and her husband, Dan, faithful members of our congregation for so many years, they've been looking forward to a retirement time of just driving in their car and going down to the Maritimes and, and just enjoying themselves together. And then on one Friday, Jennifer stuck her head into the office of Jill, my wife, in, in, the, in the school and said, I'm not just feeling so well today. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm just going to go home a little bit early. But she said, hopefully I'll be okay. I'll see you on Sunday and back to school on Monday. Saturday, things got a bit worse. And she was taken into the hospital into emergency. And then the doctors began to do their examinations and tests. And, and they were not able to pin down what the problem was. And finally, when they did, the doctor said, well, this condition, it seems to go very much worse, but then it will start to get better again. So the doctors reassured uh, her husband that things are going to get a bit tough, but you'll be okay. Things are going to get better. She was in the hospital, and she never came out of the hospital from that Saturday in early April. And Dan had to say goodbye and farewell to his wife, and she passed into eternity. And that broke the heart of that man, and he has found it so difficult to function, to go on. Yes, we had the funeral. Yes, you have the fellowship people. Yes, the family's around. When all things become silent, and that's, my friend, when it becomes so hard to reconcile. Why, God, did you take my wife away? We were looking to travel to see all of these sites that we wanted to see all in the maritime provinces. And so much was we were looking forward to. But that was not to be in the Lord's sovereign plan. Dan told me that he decided to go on a trip in August... Four weeks he was going to be away. And for the first time, he went out and bought a GPS because he said his wife was his navigation. And so alone in his car with a GPS, he started out for Prince Edward Island. And you know what he did? He visited the lighthouses that they were going to visit. And there are, I was surprised at this, 62 lighthouses in Prince Edward Island. And he visited, I think, 56 of them by himself, going to each one. But, you know, he did that, I think, as partly a tribute to his dear wife. But I think there had to be a point of reconciling in his own heart before God. This was something the Lord took away from him. And you've experienced, I'm sure, maybe something similar to that. Something's been removed from your life. You can't understand why. But believer, I will tell you one of the reasons why the Lord comes in our life to do that because there's an aspect, an element of fruit bearing that he wants to see in your life, in my life, that would not be seen otherwise. There's going to be a dependence upon the sovereign God in a way that maybe we've been leaning too heavily on our human parts. And the Lord's doing these things in our lives because He loves you. 
He loves us with an everlasting love. And that is a great truth that we dare not ever forget. When we think about what God is doing and has done in our lives, He is the true vine. And we are the branches connected to Him by salvation and by sovereign grace. We did not choose to be in Christ. He is the one who chose us before the foundations of this world. And praise God today, we say with Newton, it is amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. And the Lord, in bringing us into himself, causing us to be fruit-bearing children and people, he is working in us and through us. And by the Spirit's operation, he is working so that you, young Christian, will begin to bear not just some fruit, not just a little fruit when it's convenient for you, but the Lord wants us to bear much fruit for him. That's what he's doing. Are you yielding yourself to him? Are you saying, yes, Lord, I want my life to be fruit-bearing for you? I don't want, Lord, to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be engaged in any practice that's going to hinder my fruit-bearing. Have you prayed that? I know, I know I have. I know I have prayed, Lord, stop me in my tracks before I am going to do something that will dishonor your name. I don't want to bring forth wild fruit. I don't want to bring forth shriveled fruit that's of no use to my Father. I want to bring forth fruit for the honor of my Lord and much fruit to his glory. And so our Heavenly Father is at work, Christian, in our lives. And you know, we must also come to realize that whatever fruit-bearing we are enabled to do, it's not of you, it's not of me, essentially and completely. But look what it says in verse number 5. Yes, Lord. Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. What does that mean? In a very human sense, we can do a lot of things. In a very human sense, we can conduct our day, go through the work we have to do, and sadly, sometimes, as Christians, we may not give a thought to the Lord. We may not think much about Him. We carry on our work. We're busy at what we're doing. So what does this mean when Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing? This is in the spiritual context of fruit-bearing. We need the power of Christ in order to live for him. We, we need the Spirit of God to be in us, working through us, motivating us, directing us, guiding us, so that we will be his faithful servants. 
It's a good thing to ask ourselves this question. Am I depending on the Lord for my fruit bearing? Am I, am I leaning heavily upon Christ, realizing that when we come to that point, human pride has got to be put in the box and buried in the ground? We've got to die unto ourselves daily that we might live unto Christ and righteousness. Friends, we cannot let the old man and the old nature and the prideful self have any place in the work of Christ. Because if that happens, the Lord is not glorified. We are the ones receiving the glory. So, we must say, Lord, without the operation of my Savior in my heart, in my soul, in my thoughts, in my motivation, I need Him. I need You, Lord, every single day. I need You so that I can be a believer that will be honoring to Christ, that His name will be magnified in us and through us in every single step that we take in our life. Yeah. Ah, will we stumble and fall? Of course we will. But what did David say? Though I fall, I shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth the righteous man in his way. And we know that today, friend, our righteousness is not of ourselves. It is the clothing of the righteousness of Christ that we have. And we can be thankful in that this morning. And because we have his righteousness, therefore, when we stumble and fall, it may well be part of the trial of the Lord to show us that we can't depend on ourselves and our own ability. Because when that happens, we're taking the glory and not the Lord. Ah, we have to acknowledge, yes, Lord, I needed to learn that lesson. I needed to have that reinforced into this very stubborn and hard mind and hard heart. And the Lord, by his tender and gentle and sometimes a little forceful dealing with us, because if we're so stubborn that we don't get it the first, second, and third time, maybe the Lord has to apply the boot to us. And I know what I'm talking about, for he's applied it to me more than once, yeah. more than twice, yeah, yes. uh, until the old man, the old stubborn self, gets put in its right place. Yes. And may God enable us. Dear believer, this day that your heart would rejoice in the Lord, that you would look to the true vine, to the Christ of God continually. I always remember what... One old man who was giving his testimony in our church way back years ago in our former church, not where we are now in Toronto, but on Warden Avenue. He was an old man who had visited, gave a testimony. At the end of his testimony, he said, I learned this lesson in my life. He said, O pilgrim bound for the heavenly land, never lose sight of Jesus. And as we keep the Lord in the forefront of our minds, spiritually, intellectually, in our motives, in everything about us, then our lives will yet be called to bear much fruit for Him. And I pray that will be our, our end and our hope yes. this day. Let's bow in prayer.
loving Father, we, we have these precious words, Lord, that our Savior spoke to his disciples. And how, how tender, how instructive, how precious they are. And we have drawn from them today, Lord, admonition and direction. And I pray that these would be written on every heart. Lord, I'm asking to strengthen every believer. I pray that grace will be upon grace. I pray that we will grow in that grace every day and in the knowledge of our Lord. I pray, Father, that you would take away from us those things that are hindering our growth. And Lord, give us the grace and the understanding to trust that what you are doing is for our good and for your glory. And also, Lord, I pray today that you would effectually speak to every unsaved heart, that there would be a calling out, Lord, what must I do to be saved? That you would save precious, never-dying souls this very day. Hear our prayers, Lord. Receive our thanksgiving and our worship. For we ask all these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.